Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the Gospel of John. And we're in chapter 12, if you remember, we were at the end of the uh, encounter with Lazarus, and Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, and that everybody was coming to see Jesus, but they were also coming to see Lazarus. Because you can imagine someone who had died and is now alive. I mean, you want to hear about this, right? And so uh, we saw the reaction of the religionists, and they had determined, which they'd already determined with Jesus repeatedly, that they had to deal with him and that they wanted to kill him. Well, now they really wanted to kill him, and they had agreed they're going to do this, okay? And they were also going to put Lazarus to death. And you say, well, why would they put Lazarus to death? Well, verse 10 of chapter 12 tells us, but the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death also, verse 11, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. Now, there's so many things. As a matter of fact, every time I read through these passages, I just see more and more things. And that's the reason that we as believers are really called to spend time in the Word, to read the Word, to study the Word, to meditate upon the Word. Okay, So many different ways to approach it, and there's so many seasons and, and ways that the Lord will speak to us. And But what uh, one of the elements that we see right here gets leaping out at us is that they believed they believed in Jesus because of what they saw and what they heard from Lazarus. You know, quite often we think that we have to do all this kind of stuff to learn how to evangelize, and we actually wind up sort of worshiping the tools that man has created or the tools that the Lord has given us, and there's a lot of great tools that have been granted to us, but we miss the most important thing. And the most important thing is, is this example right here. Is it because of the change of life? Lazarus was dead, and now he's alive, okay? Because of that change, and on account of him, and on account of what he was saying and what they are seeing, they are believing. And they're going away. They're going away from their dead religion, which is what uh, Second Temple Judaism was. They're going away from that dead religion, and they're believing in Jesus. The same thing occurs today. So fear not whether you know this or that or how to line up Scripture passages just right to present the gospel. A lot of that stuff is sort of predicated upon the wisdom and the strategies of man. And it actually communicates this idea. And I know, folks, I've been training a lot of these things. Okay, I know these things. And it sort of communicates this idea that if I can just give my presentation correct, then that person will believe, okay, and they'll be saved and they will no longer be lost. I can appreciate the heart, okay, and the intent, but it's not the presentation. It's the, the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. And so when you sit there and tell somebody what has happened to you and why it has happened, that is the power of God. That's the power of the gospel being shared with somebody, not trying to convince somebody, not trying to talk somebody into something, not trying to manipulate somebody, definitely not trying to get them to regurgitate some magical mantra. If you just say this, if you will just say the sinner's prayer, then you'll be saved. I challenge you to go find the sinner's prayer anywhere in Scripture. 
Okay, again, I know what people mean by that. I know what they're saying. Okay, so don't hear me wrong on this. But you're not going to find that in the Scripture. What you're going to find is the examples that we see right here, that someone was dead and now they're alive, and people go and they talk with the person who was dead, who is now alive, and he tells them why, and they believe. It's really that simple. Now, chasing this rabbit a little further than I planned on, <laughs> people say, well, you know, I just I don't feel that way. I just can't do that. I, I don't know why. Well, perhaps the situation is that you yourself are not in right relationship and correct standing with the Most High God. In other words, you yourself are not saved. You may be very religious. You may be very nice and very sweet. I have no doubt about that, okay? Very kind, very compassionate. I know a lot of people who do tremendous good deeds, really more good deeds than most believers, and yet they are not saved. And so what's really happened is the reason you don't feel like you have anything to share is because you don't have anything to share. You haven't been transformed. You haven't been changed. You're not being conformed to his likeness. You're a nice person. You're a religious person. But you have not gone from death into life. If you've gone from death into life, then you have something to share. Now, a lot of times the enemy will mess with us. He'll say, oh, well, you know, you don't have the testimony that so-and-so has. Yeah, don't listen to the lies of the evil one. Simply Tell somebody what the Lord has done and what he's continuing to do in your life and what you anticipate him to do, you know, that your wedding is coming again. So anyway, that's what was going on. Sorry, I didn't mean to spend that much time in the context, but I guess we're supposed to, right? Verse 12 tells us this. On the next day, so it's the day right after this. On the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast, it's the feast of Passover that they were coming in town in anticipation of, who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, this huge crowd, verse 13, took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. Well, you can just imagine how that went over the religionists. We'll look at that later. Uh, but one of the glories of the Gospels is that we have four of them, okay? <laughs> four Gospel accounts. And quite often people say, well, why are there four of them? Couldn't God have just given us one? Well, sure he could have just given one. God could have done anything he wanted to do. But really, folks, really think about this. If you're standing on a street corner and cars going by and all of a sudden there's an accident and you witness the accident, and they're sitting there and the police are working the accident and they're talking with witnesses, they're going to talk with you. They're also going to talk with the person in one car. They're going to talk with the person in the other car. They're going to talk with the person across the street that also witnessed that accident, okay? I'm not saying the Gospels are an accident, <laughs> okay? But what I am saying is that you get the testimonies because people see things. It's not that anything, one is more correct than the other. It's just that people are focused on certain things, and the Gospels are the same way. They're focused upon certain par uh, portions, certain elements of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're also written to different groups of people for different purposes. For instance, Luke wrote to Theophilus, and he said, I want to write this down chronologically. After going and examining and talking to all these kind of people that have witnessed this, I want to write down what happened. Okay, Matthew was written to uh, a, a Jewish background group of people. Okay, John tells us in 20 chapter, he says, I'm writing this to you 
And I've given you some signs here, some of the signs that Jesus did, I've given to you, to where you will know that he's what? The Christ, the living God, that you will know beyond, beyond any shadow of the doubt. So the reason I share that is you, we would really do well to get the fullness of this whole account. I'm not going to do it in this podcast time. I thought about doing it, but I'm not going to. So in John 12 right here, we see Jesus is coming in, and this was prophesied because we also see it in Matthew 21, Mark 11, and Luke 19. Verse 13 to John 12 right here was the quote, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. These people are laying these palm branches down, and they're shouting Hosanna to him, and they're shouting blessed is he, and they're shouting that he is the king of Israel. Our time's run out. Okay, we'll pick it up next time, but we're going to find that there's even more prophecy that are being, that's being proclaimed by the people as Jesus is riding into town on a donkey. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.